Hey, everybody. This is Ariel. And I'm Kristen. And I'm LaToya. And how do we know each other? We're cousins! We're cousins! Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Breadfruit and Biscuits. Today in this episode, we're going to be talking about natural hair. During the pandemic, with so many hair salons closed, many Black women simply chose to go natural and embrace their natural hair. So in this episode, we're going to discuss our own natural hair journeys. Yes, when we decided to go oh natural. Anyway, we hope you enjoyed this episode. It definitely was a lot of fun for us. So check it out. Who started going natural first? I feel like Ariel was like leading the way. I Ariel, was your hair of... ever pro- processed at all? It was. Um, how long did I have a relaxer? Ooh, a few years. I don't think it was very long. So I'm coming up on 20 years of being re- um, natural. I went wow. natural. Yeah, yeah. I went natural. Wow. I was either a sophomore or a junior in high school. And it was really because my hair was thinning and I didn't understand like what was going on. So I was just like, well, maybe I just need to stop relaxing it. And I was so attached to my hair that I did not decide to do a big chop. I just grew it out. And I probably have PTSD <laughs> because the process was so horrific. Just managing. Wow. It, was especially, it was especially having to wash my hair and manage the two textures. So I know I was in tears every time I washed my hair. Okay, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm feeling that pain, Ariel, going through that right now. <laughs> I can't believe you had the courage. I don't know how I to survived. do it in high school. Wow, I'm amazed. Well, but I was also straightening my hair. So it was easy to conceal. It was just the washes that was that was the most challenging part. Okay, got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, because I do feel like when people transitioned back then, like, because I did it when I was in college. And so the thing was that we weren't like wearing the afros. You were just mm-hmm. throwing out your perm, mm-hmm. just straighten it. So, like, I learned about that blow dryer and that flat iron yeah. real quickly. <laughs> like, you know, you get the real small ones, you get the edges. Yep. <laughs> you know? <laughs> So, like, I was doing that for a while. I think it took me a good minute before I just started wearing my afro, which is weird because I feel like it, it became my, like, quote-unquote signature. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the two textures is hard. Yeah. And what there weren't really you- hair products. Yeah, that had to have been hard. Just cream of nature came out. Cream of nature, yep. <laughs> but the conditioner sucked at the time. So, like, you literally would wash your hair and then your the conditioner would just undo all the progress. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but it's true. I was washing my hair with Selsun Blue. Really? Y'all. Wow. Natural hair. I was like, my head itches. I want to use Selsun Blue. No wonder I couldn't comb through my hair. <laughs> There was another one. What was the other one that was good for uh, dandruff and dry scalp? I had to use that one a couple of times. Head and shoulders? No. Oh, my gosh. Neutrogena had like a scalp. uh, Miserol? It's irrelevant. We don't even have to go down that road. (laughs) I just cannot remember. (laughs) 
I what do you don't think? Remember. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Other than the the text, the di- managing the different textures, what did you guys think was surprisingly hard as you were transitioning to natural hair at such a young age, too? It's tough. Figuring out hairstyles, I think that was outside of like the combing and all that stuff, like having two textures makes it really hard to like figure out different ways to do your hair. So it's like you just kind of end up straightening your hair Mm -hmm. because that was the only thing that like, I don't say like made sense, but it was the only thing you can really do outside of just putting braids in your hair. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't until like you cut off like the permed ends Mm -hmm. when you could like, all right, let me try something Explore. new. Yeah. 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 So you're just kind of limited a little bit. I mean, I tried things. What's the word? I'm trying not to use this phrase because in Jamaica, <laughs> we could say y'all understand Bantu knots. Because the other Jamaican version, I was like, I'm not trying to offend nobody. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, probably not podcast approved. <laughs> not podcast approved. I was like, I can't say that. But yeah, Bantu knots. That did help for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I did play around with that and that did work for a bit. Like but... for styling, like as an actual style or to do a twist out? So it okay. made the way I did it, it just made my hair really curly. And then you can kind of mask the difference between like the, mm. you know, the permed and the natural hair. If you like, you know, braid it out and like twist it. I mean, to a certain extent, like it wasn't foolproof, but yeah, my default was it. just straightening it. That was really what I did when I was transitioning. So there was really not much to figure out. I was literally just wearing it in the same style I had when I was when I had it relaxed. Okay. And then I also yeah. did braids when I went to college. I also put braids in my hair, and that really helped as my hair completely transitioned into being completely natural. Yeah, braids did help a lot. So it seems like, so, you know, I, I was obviously the last in line to go natural. I did it in my 30s, and I'm actually just transitioning my hair out now. And it's been quite painful, yeah. but I'm at least glad that I did it during COVID. Yeah. So, you know, if things are really terrible, I just can, you know, you'll only see the front of my hair. You don't have to <laughs> see what's going on in the back. So thank God for that. But trust me, there there were several days weeks where I just you know all our calls now are on video conference so I can't hide and I was just like well I'm just gonna look real bad today (laughs) (laughs) I'm just gonna have to deal with it it's okay um but you know one of the things I thought about going natural was that it would be cheaper you know Mm. because when you relax your hair my god Mm -hmm. they really charge you so much money just to straighten it and Mm -hmm. then you know, mm. you go to the hairdresser to get your hair a, like a blowout or if you want it styled, it, it adds up, right? And then, of mm-hmm. course, the products. So it's like, great, if I go natural, I can just do my hair myself, mm. you know, every for a special occasion, maybe I'll go do it. But my God, the amount of products I've mm-hmm. purchased over the past year, I feel like I need a room, like a dedicated <laughs> hair care room or area mm-hmm. you know cha-ching, it's, ching. It's, okay. my goodness I cha-ching, need to get ching. into the hair care business because my god 
Um, but I'm hoping that once I figure out exactly mm-hmm. what products work for my hair, um, it will get better. But, you know, the one time I did go to the hairdresser to get, uh, to, no, I actually went and asked her to just do a light trim because, you know, the two textures were getting really difficult. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, this hairdresser chopped off all my hair to the point where I couldn't put it in one yeah. and I cried. You know, because that then opened up several months of looking wild on work calls. Um, but it was super expensive. I think I paid like $130 yep. just for her mm-hmm. to just like a quick wash and twist up my hair. I'm so weird. Like, what? what? Ridiculous. <laughs> Ridiculous. I was like, okay, maybe this is not going to be cheaper, but my hair is going to be healthier. It's going to be luscious over time it's okay latoya it's okay okay it's such a growing pains process like i feel like the beginning is so hard and then you do end up spending a lot of money Mm because you're constantly trying to figure out okay what works what doesn't work and so you end up even now after how many years even i'm like all right i know what products work but you still want to like try something mm-hmm. new. New. But they're so expensive that like you end up buying. I was like, this is $10 and I don't even like it. I mean, mm-hmm. I know some of y'all are like, just take it back. <laughs> so sometimes I'm like, all right, maybe I'm using it wrong. Let me, or like maybe I should pair it with something else. Cause sometimes it's like the order you use these things, but it's such a trial and error process. It's so hard. Um, but like, I will say that coming from a relaxer I feel like you knew you had to definitely spend the money for the upkeep like you or you had to keep going back for the relaxer maybe not the styling in between but you definitely had to spend the money on that I think with the natural hair it kind of evens out in the sense that like you're going to have to go back for your trims but I know one of the hairdressers she told me like you just need it quarterly Yeah, she's like, you just need it with the change. At the very least, you should get it with the change of every season. Okay. If your hair is going through some major problems, probably more often, but like at the very least, you should have that. Um, But even then, if it's more expensive than what you would get, you know, as a relaxer, it all adds up to the same thing. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I will say shout out to Curlbox. You know, you've saved my wallet on several (laughs) occasions. And for those of you who don't know, Curlbox, it's a beauty subscription specifically for black hair, where if you pay $25 a month, they will send you a new hair care line with four to five full-size products so that you can test them out. And I mean, that's amazing because usually just like a conditioner can run you $13, $14. So I've I've really enjoyed that. Uh, It obviously means having a whole lot of products in your home after a certain number of months, but you save a ton of money. So that was the question I was going to ask you because I was going to ask you first: Is it full size or not? And then, like, what do you do? Does it do they allow you to like return products that you just don't like? Because one of the things what I'm worried about is just having too much items and you don't want to like throw it away if you don't like it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just want to give it to someone who uses it or would use it. Um, so that was like one of my things where I was worried about like doing something like Curlbox where I'm like, okay, I can try all these things, 
but it become it can become very cluttered when you have a lot of hair products and I moved and just the amount of time just for the hair products it's just it's so much (laughs) no trust me as your fellow type a you know potentially slightly ocd person like clutter and i are not friends um so i completely understand your concern so one you can't you can't return the products if you don't like them uh, so you will have it build up. But what I've done is I've given some of the products that I that I've been trying out to my boyfriend's mom, who has she has completely different hair from I do, but she has curly hair that sometimes the products that work on black hair actually work on her hair. So she's mm-hmm. like, yes, give them to me. I will try them, and then <laughs> she'll pass them on. So we have a little pipeline um, that way. Honestly, I think that's it. Just find other people in your circle who have, who would be interested in trying it. And if you don't like it, you just pass it on as a gift. So dope. I, Cause I got stuff right now that I'm like, I need to pass on. <laughs> I'm like, I just have it. I have, the other thing is like, I have like, there's certain products that work really good for a certain like hairstyle, but if you just don't do the hairstyle a lot, then it's like you don't use like I have these products that work really, really well. I just don't do those type of hairstyles. So I'm just trying to get rid of it. So if you guys want to try out some mousse, some like <laughs> twisting butter and all of those things, I'm anti-shea butter <laughs> crusade. I know it's blasphemous because a lot of natural hair people love like shea butter. I don't know. Like, I don't know how you use it because I'm trying to figure out maybe I'm doing something wrong. Do you mean shea moisture line or shea butter? Specifically? Raw shea butter. Um, includes the shea butter. I'm um, shea moisture line. Like I can't use anything with shea butter and mm. it like I've tried it and it has always given me the same results. It has made my hair really dry. And even maybe the day of it may be a little bit moisturizing and I'm like, oh this is nice. And then day two it's just like the exact opposite. There's mm. like another line that's not shea moisture but can too. Can't use that either. Like I I've tried it. Can too. Because it was doing a good job the first day. And then like a week later, I would have so much hair breaking off in the Ah. shower. So like I end up losing so much hair every time I use these like shea butter containing products. So now everything I have just has coconut oil. Like that's the only alternative because shea butter is now the thing you put in Mm -hmm. all the natural hair care lines. And so I try to look for things with coconut oil. and that seems to be a, a okay alternative for my hair. I don't get like all that hair um, shed, but yeah. But shea butter included. Anything with shea, shea butter as well as just the raw shea butter. I did use the shea moisture line religiously. Um, gosh, this was years ago. I don't use it anymore, especially after it was sold and you know, now it's not run by black people, <laughs> so I don't use it anymore. Um, but my hair actually used to love raw shea butter. And I was one of those clean naturals um, or naturalistas where I was actually making my own products a lot. So I was actually making my own shea butter. And, you know, it was, you know, the raw shea butter mixed with, uh, of you know, various other oils. And my hair actually really thrived. Um, I'm trying to think of why I stopped. I think I just wanted something that wasn't 
I think I just started to get a lot of product buildup and I was trying to stay away from those buttery um, materials. And so I just haven't really used it recently, but not for any specific, I wasn't having like a bad reaction. I just didn't want all that buildup on my hair. And I wanted something that was a little bit lighter. It does weigh your hair down a little bit more. I'll say that. Um, and it's harder when you want like a fluffier look because it does kind of look weighed, weighed down a little bit, but my hair loves shea butter. What about you, Latoya? My hair loves all shea moisture, so shea-based products. Like, it just, my hair just feels so soft, so moisturized for days on end afterwards. So I, I was really surprised. So I'm wondering, like, what, oh, well, how? so how has, like, coconut oil-based products been working for you? Do you feel like that's been enough, or you still feel like you need an alternative? I don't know. I feel like, to be honest, I feel like my hair is temperamental. Like, this is a hard part about being natural. <laughs> it's like, because right now, I, and I have to, like, make caveats here that, like, my hair has actually substantially changed in, like, its densi- density and thickness as I got older. And part of it is I do have health problems that contribute to it. So my hair is a lot thinner now. And like I was like dealing with like a lot of breakage at one point in time where it was just like my hair was getting thinner and it was breaking off a lot. Um, And so but like this. So prior to that point in time, I did use a lot of like Shea Moisture products. And so and I use like Shea Butter. And so Shea Butter never worked for me at all. Like it created like, you know, how you said it has like the buildup. It will put like a lot of waxy like it felt like a lot of wax on it and it didn't have any slip. And so I couldn't detangle my hair. It would just make it knot up even more. And it felt like even drier. So then I couldn't like detangle it. Even after like, even after like I washed my hair and put oil or whatever in it, like even if I added shea butter, it causes that problem. Coconut oil does have like some similarities to like shea butter in that aspect. But like when I use it in products, like, as like it's part of a product or in the base, like it doesn't create that issue. So like I don't usually I don't use coconut oil like after I like wash my wash and condition my hair. But as part of like like you know how they say like pre-pooing, like to protect your hair. I've I've done that and it's worked wonders. Prevents my hair from like drying out, especially when I'm like washing it. And um and I use like I have found some shampoos and conditioners that are pretty like hydrating or like they're really good at removing like all the like buildup, but not like completely stripping my hair. So the coconut oil products I found have done a good job of like like even the one that like I use that I kind of use it as like a way to like remove product buildup. It does a good job of doing that, but not like making my hair like completely dry and crispy and like struggle so it it works fine I think things with shea butter I don't know it just makes my hair so 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 dry I feel like that just underscores that everybody's hair is different you could literally look at somebody whose hair looks exactly like yours, mm-hmm. but your hair might react completely differently to the same product. So you just have to 
keep experimenting and trying different things until you find what works for you. I mean, that's that's kind of it. That was kind of like probably the hardest part because in the early days before you had like even a whole bunch of YouTube hairstylers, mm-hmm. like the only thing you can do is go on these blogs. So like you would go on these like little like blogs and you're in, you know, you're having conversations with other naturals and they're like talking about what their hair looks like. They're even like showing pictures. They'll post pictures and you're like, oh, my hair looks like that. And they'll say, oh, I use shea butter. I use this. This works really well. It makes my hair soft. So you're going out buying all these products because everyone's saying like, oh, this Mm -hmm. is really good. And like, even with the shea butter, it was so crazy because like people were like, oh, like this brand of shea butter is not that good. It made my hair like hard, but I use this other kind. And they're like, oh, I don't use the yellow shea butter. I use more of the white (laughs) shea butter or the one from Ghana versus the one from Nigeria. I got like, it was so much stuff. And you're just buying, buying, buying. It was crazy. Like, I think I've gone through that whole process that I just realized, like, like also because your hair changes, you have to relearn it. Yes. And different products now work. Ones that worked in the past don't work anymore. So I'm going through that. And so it's just crazy, like, what works for me now. And some of it was just, like, stuff that I was like, man, I know, like, five years ago, if I used this, my hair would be, like absolutely not like (laughs) why did you do this but Mm -hmm. they have they have improved in the products for sure I definitely I wish these lines existed in high school because my god it was like torture getting Mm -hmm. your hair combed out in high school you know what I mean if only we had some of these leave-in moisturizers for example you know Mm-hmm. It could have been, I could have had a much more positive relationship with my <laughs> hair back in the day. How has it affected you in terms of like how you think about hair when you're younger? Because I remember some traumatizing experiences with getting my hair washed and blow dried. Because I mean, back then you didn't have anything that like, oh, it's, it's no, there's no such thing as detanglers. So like everything just strips your hair. And then you just put a whole bunch of oil. I remember like the hot six oil. Oh, yes. And you just drenched your hair in that. And then you blow dried your hair. It it didn't detangle your hair. It just like made you oily. (laughs) Well, at least you had some kind of oil or something like we... I would wash my hair with herbal essences because that was the thing in high school and mm-hmm. the commercial was like and it so smells good. It I mean, but her essence was like lit though. You little, know? It, it did give hello, you a nice It is not for natural <laughs> hair, for black natural hair. That's, you just dry your hair. And so then you had a very rough session with the comb afterwards, which, by the way, growing up, I think I broke every single oh comb my God. that I was oh. with my hair. People were afraid of my hair. It was thick. It was a lot. It was, you know, so I'm actually, my hair is definitely, I mean, it's still obviously transitioning, but it's nowhere near what it was mm-hmm. in high school. And quite honestly, I thank God for that. Thank you for these small mercies. Um, but yeah, I think these younger generations will have a much easier Mm -hmm. time, hopefully, managing their hair, which we will encourage them to just stay natural. Stay natural. Stay natural. I mean, because think about it, like they even marketed relaxer, which is kind of crazy what it was. 
and the the fact that like they marketed just for me oh, yes. <laughs> relaxers yeah wait there was a second one it was just for me and something else um what's the other because yeah you're right there were two there were two of relaxers for kitty children per, yeah kitty relaxers and they're putting it in your like kids here at eight years old and you're telling an eight-year-old don't scratch your scalp mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's going to burn and i think about it and i'm like that is insane and I some mean, people don't even know what their natural pattern looks like because mm-hmm. they have no memory of mm-hmm. it, right? Because they got it straightened mm-hmm. so young. Right. It was, and for me, I had it straightened when I was young, but then they grew it out. And it wasn't even like my mom was like, oh, I'm going to put this relaxer. I begged because I saw my oh, really? older sister yeah, getting yeah, the relaxer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I saw her hair was straight and it was longer. And I was like, I want long hair. And I would just cry, cry, cry. I want this relaxer. But kitty perm relaxers do not make your hair look like the adult relaxers. And my sister and I are six years apart. So I'm an eight-year-old looking at my sister with the 14. She's 14 (laughs) at this time. She's getting like an adult relaxer. So you're not getting the same thing. And I remember my hair wasn't as long and I was just so upset. And then my hair broke off and I had the smallest ponytail. Oh, no. (laughs) I had no hair. (laughs) Can we talk about that, though? I mean, I feel like as an adult now, like I reflect back on the same thing. Like in high school, I begged for years to get my hair relaxed. I was a second to last person in my high school class to get her hair relaxed. I was, it was in an all-girls school, and it was like a moment. Mm-hmm. It was like my becoming moment. It's just like, yes, I finally get my hair straightened. It's going to be longer. It's going to be great. But it's just like, my God, it's just so much messaging throughout your whole childhood that your hair, it's ugly. It's not pretty. You need to get rid of it. And some of it can come from your own community Absolutely. you know it's your own family your I know own family I'm, I was trying to there, but yes but your own family and then even after you get it straightened I'll never forget this was that there were I remember there are girls in my high school who you know when you have a relaxa your hair your natural hair grows out at the roots mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the minute the the roots pop up there were girls who'd be like you need to go get a relaxer. Wow. Can't you see that your roots are showing? And it, it was just so toxic, you know? And it's just, I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm being forced to unpack all of that as I now have to show up in the office with my natural hair, this hair that I didn't like for so long. And I'm trying to learn how to love it, take care of it, embrace it. It's just how like how was it for do you guys think back about those years and like how you like do you wish you didn't yearn for straight hair so much like how do you feel about it I really wish as a child I did not yearn for like straight hair in that way but I mean everything is context of time like mm-hmm. the 90s mm-hmm. was wild mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying it, it was wild for like for black people at that time the normal thing was to have your hair looking a certain way even if you were natural 
we blow dried it to the point it was as straight as you can get it. Yep. And then you have a, you know, a hot, you know, a flat iron or a hot comb. Even if you were um, quote unquote natural, it wasn't like you were wearing your hair an afro. So it's just, there's levels to it. It just wasn't okay to wear your hair any in any other way but straight, straight. or in cornrows or braids. Yeah. Cornrows and braids were okay when you were in school, but not in the workplace. I get that's how, that's what was fashionable. It was what was okay and accepted. For me, it's just, it's more about the why was that the old, you know what I mean? It's just, it. it's not an accident. It, mm-hmm. it wasn't just because it was like a fashionable trend. Like I know there's some decades where the, you know, the furrow was there like seventies, you know, but, but But I I mean, that was like in retaliate, like, I mean, the, the, the Afro was I'm black and I'm proud. It's like during the civil rights movement. I mean, that was in uh, rejection of these ideas of what it means to be a beautiful black woman, meaning, Oh, you have to be as close to white as possible. And people were rejecting that because you couldn't present yourself as a black person in society and people like accept you. And I think even this new natural hair movement was it's 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 that again. It's oh, we're rejecting that. We are we should be able to like present as we are. And so it's just there's a lot of there were a lot of undoing of these racist messages, but it was all racist messaging. Cause when I say nineties is a wild time. During the 90s, if you're a Black kid growing up in the United States, you didn't see Black people on TV unless they looked a certain way and they always had straight hair, you know. Mm -hmm. So there was no such thing as the alternative. I think for me, when I went natural, it was because I was in college and I saw a lot of girls wearing their hair in afro mm. and all these different cool styles and mm. I was like my hair looks like theirs I can do something like that and it looked nice but I had to see an example representation right. it had to and, feel possible and in your own environment mm-hmm. yeah honestly it's no surprise I was at Temple it's in Philadelphia where like when you think about the black power movement the black panthers there were certain hub cities you had like philadelphia you have detroit you have chicago the like remnants of that was still there so i think it was very easy in my mind i'm like it was easier to do that compared to maryland because at the time when i was seeing a whole bunch of black women with their natural hair i would go back to maryland nobody (laughs) everybody was wearing permed hair it was also interesting to see how that changed from city to city. Women were like, all right, I'm going to wear a fro. But when I started, Philadelphia was a spot. Let me tell you, the amount of pan-Africanism, conversations at Temple, it's it's amazing. I, If you're not exposed to that type of conversations a lot, you go there and they're like so pro-Black. And you see people doing all these things. You're just like, wow. So, like, I could have been doing this all along. <laughs> like, it's just right. an environment thing. <laughs> so, but, yeah. No, it is. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's sort of what I'm trying to get at is that there are, because of the time that we grew up in, uh, several generations of Black women have grown up in, uh, and we've been taught that straight hair 
is more beautiful, right? And that, well, that's like at the height of it, it's more that the kinkier, the more tightly coiled your hair is, the less desirable it is. You have generations of Black women who really are ashamed of their hair, right? And so I feel like it's really exciting to see where we are now, where I've literally had someone come to me and say, so when are you going to go natural? You know, like, when's that going to happen? It's it's a movement. It's a movement happening. Um, and I, as much as, you know, it was meant to be positive, for me, it was a moment of like, look, I just went through decades of people telling me you need to go relax your hair. It needs to be straighter. What I don't need now is another group of people forcing me to say, this is how your hair should look now. It's just like, let black women just, be. Um, I feel like that's a conversation that needs to happen. Um, But the second piece is for those of us who are like, all right, let me try and unpack all of this stuff about my hair. How do I let me see if I can go natural and learn how to care for it, love it, all those things. There's this extra layer of while you're trying to love your own hair, you're acutely aware that the external world might view you differently as you start wearing your natural hair. So like all the spaces I would usually occupy, you know, I'm like, I have all these thoughts in my head when I show up to work and, you know, my hair is now curly, you know, I'm just like, oh my God, am I going to be perceived differently? Is this going to hurt my career? Are people going to look at me differently? Uh, I just you know, it's just, it's so much um, to, to, to choose to go on the journey of being natural that I think it's important that people are mindful about how you talk about it and not make it feel like you have to do it now. Cause that, that can itself become, can become toxic, even though the intent is for it to free black women uh, the element of choice has to be there. I think that's important. I kind of s- see what you're, you know, talking about. And this is kind of interesting that you brought this up, Latoya, because especially for like Black women, because I think we just change our hair a lot. So the conversation always comes up. All right, if I change it into this, like, how is it going to be perceived by my coworkers? It's even like, all right, I wear braids, but like, if I wear this color, is it too bright? Can I wear like, so I think there's always like this underlying like respectability thing that comes, that comes up regardless of your like natural or not. It has a lot to do with just presentability because there is some aspect about traditionally black hairstyles just not being okay in offices so we're always trying to lean towards the conservative side so it's just even with your afro you can't just wear it out you got to put a headband and like look it back mm. you know like it's it's things like that if you wear you, you know you, you put twists in your hair you can't really wear twists but if you wear twist outs even it's that like, mentally exhausting it's yeah. mentally exhausting I will say that I've had a little bit of a unique experience because after graduating from grad school, I have worked for all black companies except for the, my current employer. Yeah. So I haven't had to grapple with this until I started working for this specific company. 
And um, I actually went into my, I made a conscious decision to not straighten my hair. And I, my LinkedIn profile actually has me with a twist out. So I know that these people found me on LinkedIn. So they already knew what the heck I looked like. So I was just like, there's no need for me to like modify or change how I look because you can see my LinkedIn profile. You can see that I'm a natural black woman. This is how I am. This is who I am. Take it or leave it. And I'm not changing for anybody further, you know, from this point on. So that's kind of how I've gone into it. Um, and maybe it's because I have that level of comfort having not having to kind of battle with like, am I going to be accepted in the workplace for the past, what, almost 10 years? Mm -hmm. um, and just now having to go through that experience. But I think that's LinkedIn specifically, having your profile on LinkedIn has really kind of removed some of that pressure for me specifically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's about how like you show up automatically. Mm -hmm. But it was interesting because you brought about like uh, job interviews because in the past, especially when I was, you know, was transitioning, even when I fully transitioned, I had that worry. So there were a couple job interviews. I remember I like straightened my hair um, before I went. And I think by the time I was my mid 20s, I just didn't care. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. People who are racist are going to be racist. They're mm -hmm. going to find something about you to make a problem. I understand like people want a job, you want to eat, but you're not, I'm not, you're not going to denigrate me. Like we're not going to do that. You're not going to look down on me because the hair I wear. Um, and I do my best to like be as presentable as I, you know, I can be. But like, if you have an issue with me just having a headband around my Afro, then I don't think I should be working there. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, no, for sure. And I think it's kind of, you you have to be authentic, right? And that's for me, it's my journey of just being comfortable. I'm like trying to push myself more and more just to be comfortable. And then I was talking to one of my friends about it one of the days when, you know, I couldn't put my hair up and I had to do a twist out. Twist out didn't come out right. I'm like, oh my God, I have a video <laughs> call in like two minutes. What am I going to do? And, you know, my friend was like, look, like you need to step into this because other younger black women at your company when they see you mm -hmm. get on that call Absolutely. in your natural hair it's gonna make them yep. feel comfortable so you have like you know and it was just when he said that I was just like oh my god you're right because I have also seen other black women in leadership positions wear that natural hair Mm -hmm. wear those black hairstyles and I'm just like oh my god I love that yeah love that she's doing that and it's not like there's some like we have a Trini uh chief diversity officer which oh my god I like screamed through my entire <laughs> body when I saw that mm -hmm. and she will do these like company-wide calls where she will just wear her hair out Sometimes it's messy, like it's like that next day look. Yes. And she's just like, this is what my hair looks like. Some days it's going to look really nice and crisp and other days it's just another day. And this is how it looks. And it's just, I feel like she's helping to normalize. Yes. These mm -hmm. are different ways. And so I'm just trying to like take inspiration from those women and just like no Latoya just show up as mm -hmm, you are mm -hmm. um but man it's 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 a journey it's definitely been a journey I think maybe this I think this is also my personality thing where I'm like 
if you're that involved in how I look, <laughs> I, I'm not, I don't work in the fashion industry. You know what I'm saying? I don't work for entertainment. <laughs> I'm like, if you're that, because to me, it's just like, I'll just put it this way. I don't work in those industries. So if you're worried about how I'm presenting myself, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not also not in the stage of my career that you're sending me to Congress to testify. <laughs> I don't have those particular roles. You know, so if you're worried about that at my interview, I'm just, I don't know. I It might be an issue with the actual interviewer themselves. <laughs> so there's another aspect of, I gave you my resume. You should see I'm qualified yeah. and you shouldn't be so concerned about how I look. Now, <laughs> there are people out there that are like that. Um I don't know. It's part of me is just like you kind of have to find a way to weed out these people and places and companies. You'll be so much happier. You can't keep hating your job because somebody's trying to make your job a living hell because over what they think a black person should look like. Because I know you're going to be scrutinizing me over how I'm working. Like I can't have you scrutinizing me how over how I look and I'm working. You know what I'm saying? So it's just. Hmm. You know, and it's true that if you're in that position and there are other like young black women that are seeking to work in the same place that you're working and they see you, they should be able to feel like comfortable coming there and that they can come as who they are. And they're if they're good workers and they know their shit, you shouldn't be driving people away because they're like how they yes. look and all that stuff. Yes. like. And I think that that is, I appreciate that the inclusion conversation is moving further from just attracting diverse talent to how do we more effectively retain diverse talent. And this is a crucial part of that. Like if people don't feel comfortable being who they are, they're not going to stay. It's uncomfortable. It's not enjoyable we spend more time at work than we do with our families and with our friends like you need to feel good uh and too often we kind of stay in bad environments because you know we all need to pay our bills uh but i feel like the companies that really invest in getting that right are really uh gonna make a lot of progress and they're gonna do really well okay they're just better work environments and like people tend to be like much more productive people stay I just I can see the difference even myself working in an environment that is good versus working in an environment that's like dysfunctional <laughs> and like you see how it like pervades like even the best workers cannot do what they need to do and I think like Silly things about like what you perceive about people just by looking at them. If you're letting that get in the way, you already like failed before you started. Like just like, any business owner. Um, so, I mean, be reasonable. <laughs> like, I mean, you can't look like you didn't shower. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I don't think yeah. we have that issue. But, like, you know, needs, that's, you know, that's rarely the issue, and so, um. Yeah. But like, know. yeah, yeah. The work piece is one piece. I did want to circle back real quick when 
you talked about, you know, you also, we also have to have these conversations with our own families who question yeah. why do we need to go natural? You know what I mean? And I have escaped it thus far because I'm all the way in California uh, and my family is predominantly on the East Coast or in Jamaica. So I, they haven't really seen this. And I know my grandmother would have many, many words oh, to say because I know she's multiple times in college. She is just like, don't go natural. And don't you dare come in this house with dreads. Okay. You know, those are the two things she would always say. Um, but yeah, those those won't be fun, fun discussions. But it's I mean, it's OK. I'm beyond, I, I, th- those conversations. I feel like I can handle, you know, uh, you just gotta you let it roll off your shoulder. My mom was the biggest offender for me. I didn't hear too much from like aunts or anything. Um, but my mom was the biggest offender. And even she's now in Atlanta. So I don't hear it, obviously, because we're not in the same state. Um, but there have been times when we've been getting ready um, to go out to some function or something. And she'll be like, well, why don't you just straighten your hair? Um, she's never said that my hair looks bad when it's in a twist out. But she definitely lets me know that she prefers when it's straight. Don't you hate that? Especially when you uh, do straighten your hair and then everyone's like, oh my gosh, you look mm-hmm, so nice. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'll be like, that's my bun. I'm just joking. Seriously, the thing I do hate is just when people, they're not going to tell you they dislike it, but they are very clear about yeah, their what position. they do like. What yeah. Their um, but I will say with my family, I can't say that they are like that now, but I I know that it took them a while to get here. They were surprisingly kind of okay at one point when they realized people were doing really neat mm. locks. Not like the true Rastaman locks, like, <laughs> like, you know, that one big dread right here. <laughs> Yeah, I do think my mom would throw a fit if I came in the house with dreads. I do think she would. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my family's a little bit different because, like, family wise, like we, we do have like rastas and like people who have dreadlocks and stuff in our my family, so it's not really that wasn't okay. really an issue. But they were concerned about like if you're gonna do it, look neat and okay, presentable. Yeah. The natural hair thing for me, I do remember my mom was like, "Are you sure?" When I was like growing it out, she's like, "You don't remember what your hair was like." Let me tell you, you have, some. and she Stop. said the. <laughs> but you know what kind of hair she said I had? <laughs> I said, wow. I said, it don't mm. feel that way. Mm. I'm sitting here with my hair. I was like, it don't feel that way. I feel like it'll be okay. I was just so convinced. I was like, no, I think my hair will be fine. Yo, but the like the amount of time it took, like Errol, you have witnessed. Like, Errol will be done washing, conditioning, doing her hair, and she'll come back and I'm still trying to detangle my hair. <laughs> Back yeah, then, I was person. like, nothing <laughs> That was worked. more than a job. It was a job. It was like, if I had to plan my whole life around washing and doing my hair, because it would take a whole day just to do that. I mean, in a way, I understood what she's like, your hair, I I had to deal with your hair when you were a child, and it was hard to manage. And so, like, you don't remember it. And I was like, no, nah, I got this. I was so confident, but it did beat me up for a couple of years. <laughs> like I was so desperate at times. Now I can like actually wash and detangle and do all that in two hours, which is unheard of considering <laughs> where I was. But like, 
but yeah, my my mom and dad kind of you could see the change because they saw also so many other people doing that. Even and I think at first when people were doing that, their hair type was a little bit looser curls. You didn't really see that 4C. And even now, when people were talking about they were 4C, I was like, I look on YouTube, I'm like, you don't even look like 4C. But if you are 4C, then I must be 4Z. Because like <laughs> the way you just put that comb through your head. <laughs> I'm dying laughing. My hair yeah, that, that scale needs to be expanded because as a 4C myself, I'm just like, I am not seeing influencers with my kind of hair. Mm. I'm not seeing that. But. Because on YouTube, we can put a pin in that conversation, but I have to say that it's very true. A lot of those YouTubers that say they have 4C hair, they actually it's do not. not. Really. Yeah, It's yeah. not. Like, I just think that some... Like a lot of black women be like, my hair just is kinkier than I would like it to be. So it must be 4C. And that's not how it works. <laughs> that's just not how it works. Um, and so, yeah. And so like it it was it was a, it was a struggle for a while. But like my my after a while, when my mom and dad started seeing other women and like girls that had like hairstyles similar to me, they start to realize like. I feel like they felt like, okay, Kristen isn't being eccentric now. Okay. But like, this is a style. <laughs> so we can trust in our judgment now that other people are doing it. That's kind of how I felt. Well, it just seems like there's so much to navigate by going natural. It sounds like such a simple thing. You're just going to wear your hair in its natural style. Uh, but as we just discussed, there's so many layers to it. So. Do you guys have any advice for, you know, Black women just starting out on their transition journey, whether they choose to do the big chop or, you know, slowly transition? What would you say to them? Like, you know. Do the big chop. Do the big <laughs> chop. <laughs> I, I mean, but to be honest, I didn't do it, so I can't be like, go ahead and do it and feel comfortable with it. But I will say that like the whole, it, like it just extends your misery. Just I cut would, it off. I would offer, you know, an in-between solution. So as <laughs> one of those people who are not gifted at hairstyling, um, I would actually propose transitioning if you're still kind of, you know, like you're not fully in it. Like you're still feeling a little bit scared and, hesitant then yes I would say go the transition route it's worked for me but I would suggest getting trims every two to three months just mm -hmm. cut off whether it's like a, an inch just to make it the mm -hmm. two textures a little okay. bit more manageable okay. once I got that trim it was like a world of difference but please watch your hairstylist closely because you know some people interpret trim very differently uh, but yeah, I feel like, you know, that's for me, that was a really great in between solution. Um, as I said, I'm not a very good hairstylist, so it's very important for me to just be able to put my hair back. Mm -hmm. very important. I will say the caveat to that, though, is that don't prolong it to the point where all you have is just like one or two inches. <laughs> <And you're> like, <laughs> <you're> like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like at that point I'm looking like you I mean man like you can cut it off now. on for like yeah like the two inches Listen, ain't really mega Kristen okay everybody like, has to go at their own pace look 
even if you cut off it, you cut it off and you don't want to like deal with it at that moment, then you can put your hair in braids. But I think hanging on to the two different textures, you do put your hair at risk of more breakage, just in general. Be, from just Kristen, the you're way making your me hair. feel like I need to go to the hairdresser <laughs> immediately and get a trim. <laughs> I'm just saying like, it it does make your life a little bit harder. And your hair actually grows a lot faster than you think. Take it from someone who has cut, willingly, I've cut my own hair really short. I don't know. I think Kristen is super happy. Let's just say it, okay? I am. I'm a little super happy. I've literally just cut my hair with two or three inches left of my hair. I just cut it. Oh, Um, dang. I didn't realize you've done that big of a chop. I I, I, I trim my hair regularly, but I've never cut, cut, cut on my own. I was like, I want to get my hair even. I didn't get it even, but I'll just cut my hair. Like, <laughs> but your hair grows back so fast. It like, it really does. I think that's the part that also people don't realize because you you spend so much time growing your hair, you're like worried about it. But you can, I tell people this, you can grow out your hair substantially within a year. You can get your hair back to its original length within two years if you just take care of it. And if it's not maybe exactly where it was, it's so close to where it was. You can deal with things for a year. We we dealt with COVID for a year. We can do this. <laughs> we can make it through. <laughs> That's the only thing I would say. But I mean, do whatever is mo- most comfortable to you. The thing is that if you're becoming very frustrated with doing your hair mm-hmm. in the process, then that might drive you to give up. And you might have to consider, like, maybe it's because you have these two hair textures. Really, it's be patient. You know how I say, like, a, a, what's it, a pot doesn't boil when you're washing it? Mm-hmm. Like, that kind of thing. If you keep watching your hair grow, it don't feel like it's growing. But when you're not paying attention, your hair is really long. Yeah. Um, I like that point about being patient. Just, like, you know, it's it's a long process the journey you know so just take take your time uh if you're considering it now and you haven't quite dipped your feet this is a great time you don't have to go into the office you have so much flexibility get going I mean, I would say. take advantage of braids like now you got crochet and braids. that too yeah yeah like, there's always a solution you if you more don't like it styles yeah, yeah. Oh, the one thing I would add to it is go find some curly friends. Find friends who are also, maybe they're already natural and they've been wearing it natural for a while, like Ariel and Kristen, or people who are also going through the transitions process, because you really need people who understand uh, to brainstorm with you, commiserate with you, like you kind of need that um, that family, I would say. Here's a tip that I think people might not know this. Find easy go-to hairstyles, ones that you can do within maybe it'll take you five, 10 minutes to do that you feel comfortable just leaving the house with. What I had to quickly learn the hairstyle to do if I failed the initial hairstyle. Try Like, you know, you might want to like take a day or two to like play around with hairstyles that you feel like you can do within five to 10 minutes to make it your go-to hairstyle. Find some of those things that kind of help you mm-hmm. circumvent any like issue you, you feel like you're like, 
you know, dealing with. Yep. So you don't get frustrated with your hair. Um, yeah. Get the fun accessories. Buy a lot of bobby pins. Oh, a yes. Bobby pins are a must. bobby pins mm-hmm. and some cute headbands. Yes. The headbands are my thing, you know, like for that yeah. horrific day that happened. Very special. Bobby pins and headbands. And a good um, detangling brush. Wide tooth comb yeah. or a good detangling brush. Yeah. And the kinkier your hair is and the harder it is to like go through it, I would say get a wide tooth comb first. Don't take mm-hmm. the brush automatically through it because you might rip out your hair. Mm-hmm. So I would say before you use the brush, try to at least detangle it with the wide tooth yep. comb. And do it in sections. Mm-hmm. Do it all at once. All right. All right. Freedom. All right. <laughs> hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Breadfruit and Biscuits. You've actually reached the last episode of season one. I hope you enjoyed listening to our content as much as we enjoyed creating it. This was a project the three of us decided to do to keep us connected to our family members during the COVID-19 pandemic it definitely served its purpose. It provided us the opportunity to connect, reminisce, reflect, and learn from one another. So we decided to share it with you. If you really liked our content and want more episodes and perhaps a season two, please let us know. You can reach us at breadfruitandbiscuits at gmail.com. You can also find this information in our show notes. In the meanwhile, stay safe and blessed.